I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Pottsable, and welcome to the Two Black Runners podcast. I'm going to make this real quick because we actually got a bonus episode for you today. We did an IG Live with Dan Fitzgerald, the co-founder and co-president of the Heartbreak Run Company, an apparel brand and a chain of running stores across the country that does great things for community. And they also just like to indulge into the great running that happens in America. We got to work with them with Travis of miles and now we're getting to work with them here on their ig live and we talked about the eight races to watch at the olympic trials these are some of the races you don't really hear about races and events you don't really hear about too often so i hope you guys can take something away from this this ig live we definitely did we have a great time with dan and we can't wait to uh, work with them some more in the future and like give you guys more of these ig lives this was really fun this is our first ever bonus episode i'm sorry for my bad audio on this end but i hope you guys can still enjoy this preview of the olympic trials the olympic trials are going to be super exciting and also one more announcement before i get out of here we're doing a newsletter with track smith called the meter and i want you guys to go ahead and check that out as well for as because we're going to be covering the sprints and some of the jump events over the 10 days that the trials are going to be taking place so go ahead check that out subscribe to the newsletter it'll be in the show notes or the description wherever you're listening and yeah appreciate all of you guys go ahead if you want to watch the video to this check out heartbreak runs instagram and that pretty much covers all bases. Just thank you guys. Have a beautiful day. Hope you guys enjoy the trials because we most definitely will and more content coming very, very soon. Appreciate every single one of y'all. Later. All right. Let's do a proper intro for you guys. Ooh, so welcome everybody in, in Heartbreak World. We are here today celebrating the opening of the USATF Olympic trials. Very excited uh, to have two of the most excited and knowledgeable fans in track and field media and fandom world. We have Aaron Potts and Joshua Potts here coming into you live from the West Coast. So thanks guys for getting up early here for the East Coasters uh, and talking some- No problem. No problem, excited to be here. Definitely when you said excited, uh, we, 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 we try to be knowledgeable as best as we can, but excited and hype is definitely the game. We try and play at two black runners and definitely running report. And like, honestly, like you, you have to be excited. There's so much things happening this weekend. And Brett, like Aaron, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's, it's going to be exciting too. I can't, I can't wait for all of this. Yeah, for me, you know, I want my, my, I, my goal here was to shed some light on some races that maybe people don't know about. And you guys did, did some great research ahead of that. I mean, I, I for one can say, um, the world needs consequential racing, right? Like I've been happy to see uh, lots of sound running meets and trials and miles and yeah. all these races go off, but like we need a, a proper world order. We need to know who the top three in the world, world are uh, in these events uh, and get out there and, and race the world and things that matter. The Olympics, uh, battles and championships, right? Yeah, and it's, when you're talking about the Olympic trials, this is 10 days of racing. Yes, there's a lot of prelims, but that means there's a lot of fought, a, a lot of um, there's a lot of prelims, but there's a lot of finals, and there's so many athletes, so many amazing stories, in every different event. So when you really engage with what's going on, and you can follow in the season, track is so is so fun. So even us, you know, digging into this research, you know, it, it gets me more excited to just watch everything. 
Totally. Aaron, let's, let's jump on to your list. You have uh, the women's 100 as one of your races to watch. Who do you like there? Why is that? Why is that such a fun event? So the women's 100, I don't have the 200 down, but that one too. The, my main reason for that one being one of my races to watch is because Shakari Richardson. I believe Shakari oh. Richardson may be potentially the next Usain Bolt of track and field. She has that type of star power. Whenever she steps onto the track, she's electrifying, changing her blue hair, changing her hair color, always talking smack, always on Twitter, active, engaged with the fans. So she brings the type of energy that I don't believe any other athlete brings. So I'm super excited. And she's and she's crazy fast. Let's not forget, <laughs> she ran six fastest times here. She ran 10-7-4. And I don't believe we've seen the best of her. We have to remember races that we've seen earlier this year, like especially for sprinters, like distance runners too, but especially for sprinters, like they're not in their peak state. They're they're training for the summer. We saw Shelly and Fraser Price run the six ten six three. Blessings blessings Joshua just ran ten six uh two. It was wind dated, but I believe so crazy. Athlete. She could be right there. And also kind of ranting right now, but also like the women's one hundred when it's gonna be entirely new like there's yeah. gonna be so many so many athletes in this race that have never made the team she richardson she hasn't she hasn't made an olympic team um there's also cambria Sturgis from uh north carolina a t she just won the 100 and the 200 busted onto the scene no one knew of her at that race she ran a win it a win it 10 7 4 and then she won the 200 and a 22 12. a college college athlete that people weren't paying attention to because she went to a smaller HBCU. So that's going to be another amazing athlete. And then again, another former LSU athlete, Aaliyah Hobbs. She has a 1085 PR, but I looked this up. In 2018, we may have forgot, some people forgot about her, but in 2018, she won four national titles when she was in college. She won the 60 meters indoor, the 100 meter outdoor, the four by one, the four by one relay. Um, and then she came back and she won the 100 at the U.S. Championship. So, like, there's so much excitement. There's so much newness in this race that I think it's going to make for make to be really exciting. And that's on that's on June 9th, June 19th, y'all, at 7.51 p.m. Pacific time, I believe. Yeah, so that's tomorrow night. Um, super hyped about that. I do, like, the fact that it's all new faces, right? Fresh faces. People are, you're saying, forgetting. And as they would, like, we've had a full pandemic between yes. 2018, but she yeah. was, like, crushing the world, top of USA Sprinting in 2018. And now um, now she gets her chance at, at, at the trials in the Olympics. So um, I love that call. Joshua, you have uh, one of tonight's events highlighted in, in your list here. Want to talk about the shot put? Yeah, the men's shot put, we have to give, we always have to give the field events some love. They don't get the love that they deserve, but especially the men's shot put. Like, Ryan Crowley's on world record watch. This man may break the world record here tonight. Since 2020, since 2019, they had, like, the best throwing competition ever at the World Championships. It was definitely the most exciting field event. And then since then, Ryan Crowley lost to Joe Kovacs, another person he's going to be competing against tonight. And, like, since then, he's really been on a tear. It seems like he's been on just, like, a revenge streak. Even during the pandemic, he threw, like, the third farthest. He tied for the fourth farthest throw of all time with Joe Kovacs. And then, what, in May, he threw 22. He threw uh, he threw 20, 23.01 meters, 
giving him the third farthest of all time. And like he has the farthest average throw series of all time. Like Ryan Krauser is the real class of the field, but like Joe Kovac is also number two in the world right now. And Daryl Hill is number three in the world. So we have the top three throwers in the world. Like low key, they can sweep. They can really sweep if they really want to, want to get to the Olympics. So we may be seeing a preview of that Olympic final here tonight in the U.S. And there's also just a lot of throwers in this competition. So I know we're not going to see the throws too much because we know they'll be cutting back to different events. But when they do show it, like, we got to pay attention. And, like, I'm, I'm really serious when I say this. Like, Ryan Krauser is on world record watch. A world record may go down because whenever he steps into the ring, he does something inside exciting. He already broke the indoor world record in the beginning of the year, so it's going to be interesting to see them in shop for the day. Yeah, totally. I agree. And I think uh, this post pandemic energy that like seeing somebody just heave something as far as they can throw it and scream their yeah. head out is like that's the energy of the moment right now. I think <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely with the, with the fans too in, the, in, in attendance, they never really had that since then, so it's going to be exciting for them, absolutely. Aaron, you got the men's 200 on here. Who do you like in, in the 200? The 200 is such a fun event. That one's tough this year. This one is going to be really tough. I have so many. I'm a fan of a lot of athletes in this. But the big names, I'm going to run through them, is the favorite, of course, Noah Lyles, 19.5 PR, ran 19.90 this year. You know, that's his season best. We haven't seen him run crazy or anything, but he's looking to make a statement, you know, to establish himself as the, the best sprinter um, in the world. And I think he has some some social things that he's trying to make a statement with. So I think this is a really, like, for his career, I think it's a really, like, important, um, important Olympics for him to establish. Like, hey, is this guy really one of the best 200-meter um, sprinters that we ever had? And I just think for himself as a black man, I think he, I think he may take a stand. So just... Be on watch with him because he may be doing some things this year. And, and I think he's going to run a lot faster than he has so far. Um, and then we also got uh, the college kid in here, Terrence Laird. Terrence Laird has been on fire this year. Shout out Terrence Laird. He's been on the he's been on the running report before. Josh gave an interview. Humble, hungry, healthy. Humble, he's hungry, healthy. Humble, hungry, healthy. He's a great, he's a great dude, though. Uh, really has his head on straight. Has the world lead right now in a 1980. And coming off the NCAAs where he led his team. Well, I won't say he was a part of a team that ran the four by, they won the four by one. He won his, the hundred and got second in the two. So I feel like that was a good warm up for him. So it's just going to be exciting to see someone like him um, bang against the pros. And then another person, you know, just dropping down to the 200, Brett Curley. Brett Curley decided to opt out of the 400. He's been staying phase 42 the whole year but he's decided to do uh, the 200 and the 100. Now, he hasn't ran that crazy. I believe Joshua did even Has he ran under 20 this year? His PR is not even under 20. It's only 20.24. 20.24 is his PR, but he ran a 991-100, and we all know about how strong he is in that four. So he's making the 200 team a lot tougher to, to make by inserting himself in there, but also who's declared for... The, the 200 is Michael Norman. Michael Norman is declared in the 200. He's ran uh, a 198, I believe like 1987, 86 before. So that's another great athlete right there. He's beaten Noah Lyles before in the 200, battled with him. 
So I think this could be, a, a, again, for Michael Norman, if he was to go win the four and the two, that's a Kim again, just flexing, like, hey, I am the best sprinter winning the four and the two. We only seen Michael Johnson do stuff like that. Right. But then, but then there's still the athlete, you know, your favorite sprinter, sprinter, um, that people don't know as much, uh, Kenny Vendernet. He's been running, he ran 1988 this year, season best, has been right with Lyles all year, either right behind him or in front of him. Earlier this year, he ran a crazy, like, wind aided, like, 19, like, fixed. But, like, he is, he's for real. He's for real. And he can make the too. So, out of those five people, it's hard to pick. I really want to see Laird make it. But with Curly dropping down and Michael Norman doing it, it's like, dang, like, this is going to be a really competitive, competitive race. It's on the last, it's on the last day. So, it's going to make for a great finale. Yeah, so that's uh, June 27th, 5.22 p.m. West Coast time. And I, I'm so excited about the sprints, too. Just the, there's so much consequence in every step. You know, they, they say the longer mm-hmm. you go, the more the more mistakes you can make. Is that how people talk about distance running and the mile versus the marathon? I mean, there's no room for a mistake, period. And every bit of your power has to get into every single step in that 100 and 200. So I'm so excited uh, to see people go real fast with everything on the line um, in the 100 and the 200 especially. Uh, Aaron, uh, Josh, you had um, the women's 5K as one of your races to watch. Who do you like? Yeah, that's... What do you like about that race? Uh, that race is going to be hard. We're going to learn a lot today because they have the first round to see who's going to like try and attempt like this possible double. It has like 35 minutes apart on a pre- this this Monday. This Monday will be that at 5.30 p.m. So, like, it's gonna, we're going to see today who's actually going to try and attempt even that double on day one. But the person that I'm really liking, like, if they attempt to do the 5K, which I feel like she is, is Elise Cranny. Elise Cranny is definitely my favorite right now because I'm anticipating that Ella Courier is going to stay on that 1500. She ran 358, like, solo. Elise Cranny has that great 15 speed, too, but she's also, she's in the 10K. I, I think Jerry's been training her for the 10K as well, and they're preparing for that. So I really think Elise Cranny is really like primed to run fast and win that 5K. But there's but in like actuality, there's so many women that are gonna be competing and battling for it. That's why it's like the the women's 5K and the 10K. It's gonna be a really wide open field where anybody can possibly win. Especially like someone just mentioned Molly Huddle out. Like she has been the epitome of American distance running for the past 10 years. And to see her going from competition, it really leaves the door open for anybody, especially in the 5K. So also key people are gonna be watching Speed Carissa Schweizer as well, who has the number two fastest American time ever. So it's all like, but she hasn't, she hasn't, the thing looking up the Carissa Schweizer, like she hasn't won in a while. Like she's done these lot of things in like close places where she ran right behind Shelby Houlihan. She lost to Elise Cranny and sound running. But these were all like almost like time trial type races that she didn't win in Portland. But like once once the lights are on, let's see how she performs and stuff. So it's gonna be exciting to just to see what she does. But I think she's gonna be you know the team is gonna be exciting to see what she does. But then also the stories of like Joseph Norris and Ali Putraskli from uh, Brooks Beast and Joseph Norris training with New Balance Boston. Seeing them rising up this year, having like two breakthrough races in the 5K, it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to make the team. And like honestly, like Joseph Norris, I believe more that she may win this race if she's in the right position. And then we we can't count out Rachel Schneider too. Like she she's a beast, and 
it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But I really I rem, I'm really high on Elise Granny though. Either in the five k or the ten k, but either one of those, she she she's like definitely a one or two to be honest. I I really feel that way. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, yeah, Josette Norris runs for Reebok Boston out of North Carolina. Oh, Reebok. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I agree. It's like a total changing of the guard, right? Molly, Molly Huddle out, like you said. And it's like just so many fresh young faces in that race, too. You know, it's like clean sweep in the 100 in terms of like new blood. And there's so much new blood here in, in the 5K. Um, so hyped to watch that. Um, we have my old event here, Aaron, on your list. The. I didn't run the women's eight, but eight in back. Yeah. I, uh, I was coached by a professional um, women's 800 meter runner, so I, I always like to pay close attention uh, to that race. Who do you like in, in the women's eight? Yeah, so we're all 800 right on this ball. I love it. <laughs> hey. but this, this is another event that is probably on the last day going to be one of the biggest highlights. Like, so many big names, you know. Again, another superstar entering this race in a thing move. Six collegiate records as a freshman. 49.5, 157 in the 800. She is she is the the Zion, the Paige Booker. Um, <laughs> like, you know, she she really made her name known this year on the college track and field world, and we haven't really seen hype like this around the college. Track. I, I would say um, we haven't seen hyper like this around a college athlete since like Cheserek or like Sydney McLaughlin. Um, she's that type of athlete. So totally. we're going to see her up against some really big pros. And like, yes, like 157, 49, like not taking nothing away. That's crazy fast. But, you know, these these other women she's going against, you know, Ajay Wilson, Raven Rogers, we'll get to them shortly. They, I don't think they've shown all their cards yet. You know, I feel like a thing she has, she's shown her cards. She's like, hey, I'm gonna drop, I could drop a 57, I could drop a 49, 49.5. What's good? What are y'all? <laughs> you know, we yeah. seen my the favorite, Ajay Wilson, earlier this year, like in one of her first meets, she ran a 158. Seemed like it was easy and cruising. And I feel like, I really feel like she hasn't really gone out all out yeah. in a race. And again, Ajay Wilson, this is Olympics. This is a big Olympics for her. She's 26, um, world championship. She was disappointed. She she wasn't happy with getting bronze. She wanted gold that race. And I believe that she could have gotten it. So this year, like, she's not going to settle for anything less than gold. So let's see if she tries to make a statement um, to a thing and just let her know, hey, this is my game. I've been you. I've actually been you before. Nice. I've, I've done this. Yeah, yeah. I've been a year old in a final like this before. Like, so I'm I'm excited to see how she does uh, against a thing too. And then I, I I never Raven Rogers. She's only ran 159 this year. I feel like she's been very lax in all of her races. Like some people have seen her races and been like, is she gonna make the team? Like. What's, what's going on with her? And I think that, I think she is. I think she's I think she's fine. She has an amazing kick. We saw at the World Championships in 2019 when she got silver. But I also think she's just very lax. 
I saw an interview with Craig Ingles. He's in the train, same training group as her. And he was talking about his 333. And he was saying, like, the reason he ended up running fast because he was like, he was just happy to be in a race where people weren't going for time finally. They were just racing. And I think that's going to be the same. I think, you know, since they're training partners, I'm sure Raven is somewhat on the same, like, buildup right. as, as him um, in a way. So I think it's time. Like, again, I don't think she's showing all of her cards. I think she's going to a lot of these races as workouts. And maybe she's done workouts in heavy before. So I think uh, we're going to see her let loose. And I just want to, yeah, I want to see, you know, the the world silver medalist and the world bronze medalist with a thing mode and yeah. see what, what's going to happen there. I think that's going to be one of the most exciting races uh, of that, of the whole trials and it's on the last day again so great finale yep yeah i agree on uh it's it's funny to see the different strategies out there you know you, you, you mentioned um putting all your cards on the table and just showing everybody yeah i'm running sub 50 and 157 what up uh and and, and other athletes are just kind of like okay you know um switching over to your list josh it reminds me of uh the men's 1500 where people give central a little grief for you know early season performances or whatever and if there's anything you know about central is central runs championships he's not there for like the practice meet four months out he's there he doesn't he doesn't care about that he's there to win golds which he's done he's there to win championships which he's done uh and you can see those athletes who are who are seasoned kind of like hanging back right uh and, and not showing their cards so so what do you think uh how do you like how that's stacking up for the men's 15 joshua Man, Dan, you just went to my exact first point because we got the main offender right here at the end of the season. That was that was that was bashing. That was bashing. That's the situation. I'm just saying right now. I can talk about Will Far showing up for championships. Right, yeah, yeah. We ain't talking about that right now. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying to the fact that like Matthew Sitchwitz, we don't, and when we look above 800, we often don't have the, the former Olympic champion at the trials. So this is a big moment and to see if he's gonna be able to defend his title, especially just at the US Olympic trials. Cause the last time he was at US championship, he lost to Craig Angles. And I really, I'm really excited to see what Sitchwitz is gonna do. Cause at the beginning of the season, I feel like he was, he definitely was hibernating. He was. He was doing it. He was he was running long. He was getting ready, and like there was a lot of hate coming his way, and a lot of people counting him out. But like, and we didn't get to see that same like Centro social media swag or just like normal swag that we usually get to see. But then right after that sound running meet, he really started going. He really, that sound running American Track League meet. He really started going. He ran 146 after that. Ran a 335. Ran that ran that 803 uh, heats with like 149, 148, and like a 153. So like this dude is in shape and is ready to go. And like honestly, it I feel like if it goes fast, if it goes slow, Centro is gonna be in the mix. And like I, I I can't bet against him. I really you can't bet against Matthew Centro within a 1500 meter final. But the thing that that makes this so interesting that he's counting out so much is like the men's 1500 is looking at look like looking like one of the most wide open races at the meet because we also have so many college kids and high schoolers that are running great and amazing times with the Hobbs Kessler and a Cole Hawker, a Yari and the Deuce who ran a 3.34 and then even Walid Suleiman who didn't win NCAAs but also has the ability to run like 3.34 as well. But especially Hobbs Kessler, being that high schooler that can actually be in the mix and you have people like Nick Willis endorsing you to make the team. It's all like, we have to really watch out for this guy. Like he can be, we usually don't have high schoolers make 
the Olympics, but especially make the Olympics in an event over 800 meters and above. Like that doesn't definitely happen, definitely on the men's side. So for Hobbs Kessler to be in that conversation, it's something that's gonna be interesting for the US just to see how he's able to compete with these guys. But also just to the fact of like, we have people like Henry Wynn that we don't really talk about, but he still ran three, 333 high at the Portland Track Festival. And even Vincent Ciotti from the Olympic track, from Oregon Track Club, who also ran 334. So I, I hope they run fast. That's what I'm hoping. I hope we get to the Olympic final. I hope they just don't let uh, Centro dictate the race and just come down to a sprint because people still need the standard like Cole Hawker. But it's just the fact, too, that like these guys are all capable of running great times. And I really feel like they'll benefit everybody if it runs fast. And also, I didn't get to mention the national treasure, too. I saw someone commented. Holt Mania, this dude Eric Holt, if he makes the final, you guys don't know how happy I'll be, I'll be screaming at my television screen, and if he's in position, I don't know, Central may get dethroned, we don't know, like, <laughs> Eric Holt has been a great story to watch just from this past season, but, man, the men's 1500 is going to be interesting, and I didn't mention Josh Thompson, he's also another one that can really sneak in, he hasn't had the season that I feel like he's wanted, but he can really sneak into there as well. But yeah, I, I'm all I'm all central right now. He, he definitely you put on the picture with the headphones coming on. He's silencing out the noise. He's ready to go. Aaron doubting him all year, but I'm I'm with him. I'm with him. Yeah, I got you. I, I totally agree on on that. You know, if it's tactical, you know, you can just rewind to the last Olympic championships. <laughs> yeah. Centro did to the to the best runners in the world that day. He just he chilled, tried to pass them. He's not letting it happen, you know. So, so they, yeah. they should all know you can't do it that way. And I, as I didn't realize you guys were 800 meter runners, also. But that that training exercise of running every heat of the 800 was the craziest thing I've ever seen. When he ran, I mean, I think he ran 150, 149, 153, and they were yeah. all like the first two were even split. eight minutes. That's crazy, crazy. And then to have the ball to do that, knowing you're gonna fail by the third one, and and do it in public, I think was like. There's some confidence there, and I think he's ready to rock. And then you contrast that with uh, the the young guys, like guys that are 17, 18 years old, 19 years old, like just discovering yeah. their speed in this context in, against the best in the world is like, I don't think there could be a more exciting setup coming in the trial. Well, Hawker, I didn't even know. Goes in in 148, you know, and then he comes back around the 13, 12 in a 5K. I mean, he might have that same workout. Yeah, true. Possibly. I didn't even know that was a workout. I was like, people do this? <laughs> like, this is this is possible? It's like, dang. Wow. Well, I, I guess I'm calling it a workout. I don't, you know, you're not getting your best race out of those three this close. You think he's just yeah. Yeah. doing enough. Yeah. Just showing what he's got um, in a fearless, totally fearless way. Aaron, you've got the men's high jump here. Yeah. So the biggest reason... Like I, like you said, I'm Aaron Grenner. Don't know much about high jump, but what got me excited about the high jump this year is Javon Harrison out of LSU. I think this guy can just bring more attention to the high jump just in general. Like I'm looking through the high jump list and there's always, you know, Eric Kennard, the former 2012 Olympic champion, jumped 7'5 this year. He's always in it every year competing at the top level, either meddling getting like third fourth or fifth but this guy javon harrison and in indoor he won the long jump and the high jump that is something no person has ever done he comes back and he does it again he does it again outdoors 
ending it with like a seven eight jump, trying attempting seven ten. So this year, at the tri- at the trials, he's attempting it again. They're on the same day. He's going to be doing the high jump first. And he's going to come back and do that long jump. And if you follow this guy, he has some of the he has so much energy every time he clears the jump. How hyped he is! He's always cheering on his teammates, and I think he's someone that has potential to medal at the Olympics. He's a freak athlete, and I think he's going to change the way we look at the high jump. And if he could win the high jump and the long jump, he's going to be a star. He's going to be a star on in the in the pro world, and he's just going to make it for everyone. But again, against Eric Kennard, the, the Olympic champion in 2012, I think this is going to be truly like again another like is this a changing of guard because we have like the Will Clays, the Christian Taylors that do the triple and the long and the long jump. Now I think Javon Harrison is coming. He's going to change the entire game by doing the high jump, the high jump and the long jump. So when I think about that event, honestly, I, I, there's other good good athletes in there, Jaron Robinson. Um, but a lot, if you look at the high jump list, a lot of those athletes aren't even sponsored. So I'm hoping that an athlete like this, you know, let's say he wins gold or gets a medal and both or something. I hope someone like that can bring more attention just to that event, just in general. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, and it, when you're, when you guys were on your uh, track and field early journey, did you experiment in the jumps? I, I, Not the high jump. I tried, I tried one time I was playing around at my high school. <laughs> and I like the whole set. You know, my coach was pretty mad, but yeah, very good. So that, yeah. It brings back memories of me attempt, trying to figure out what event I was going to run and like whether I was going to do field and jumps or, you know, like just as a freshman in high school, just figuring out track and field, right? And the long jump to me is just so exhausting, you know, like, just like the kind of explosive speed, power and precision you need to be able to go that fast, propel yourself off the ground, project into the air and like just go far as hell right like it's yeah it's a crazy thing to do and then the, the pop you need like just sort of like the, the unbridled energy to just like pop as high as those guys do in, in the high jump is like it's such a crazy combo and to do both i i you know i i hope that story raises the game for for everybody because it's it's crazy it's awesome it's ballsy I, I love it and shout out to the women's high jump uh Vashti, um she's i think is she the world leader right now um she may be. She's current american leader um yeah for sure but she brings like energy and style to the to the women's high jump. So there's a lot um, a lot to watch in the uh, in the high jump area um, this week. We've got um, next one on my list here. Clearly a race that's close to all of us. Nice. <laughs> Joshua, tell us about the men's 800. Now I, I, I want to preface by saying not, usually it wouldn't be the women's 400 hurdles. I feel like a lot of people that's the most exciting event to watch. But for us. It's most definitely the men's 800, I have to say. It's like, to be honest, when we look at the beginning of this year, the men's 800 was the most exciting event. I remember having conversations with people during the indoor season when, like, Bryce Hoffman was, like, first 800, ran, like, 144 or 145 indoors. Like, people were so excited to see this matchup between Bryce Hoffman and Dauber Frazier. And then they were, like, dodging each other, supposedly, once it came to the to the New York meet. Not, not the Milrose, but the other New York meet indoors. So a lot of that conversation was happening at the beginning of the year. People were so hyped 
for the 800, but it kind of just like dwindled down. So I'm really here to remind you that like the 800, the mid 800 is going to be really exciting. And not just because of Bryce Hoffel and Donovan Brazier. We know who we bring to the plate. Donovan Brazier has ran 142. There's not a lot of people running 142, but the fact of the matter is that we have two people in this race that have ran 142 before. And the other one's not Bryce Hoffel. It's Clayton Murphy. Clayton Murphy is back. Like, he's back in the mix. This man was injured and out. It seemed like he was really down after about Alberto Salazar got Alberto Salazar got banned. But once he got to his new coach, his old coach in Akron, and really got back into that groove again, I feel like he's found himself. And he's, he's got some wins under his belt this season in, the, in like a mile at Drake Relays. Got some 15 wins. He's been doing, doing well in the eight. But, like, he is definitely an elite racer and shows up when it counts. Like, we've seen him. He's gotten third place at the Olympics, at the last Olympics. Like, Clayton Murphy knows what's up. When the lights are on, it's going to be exciting. And, like, he's doing the 8-15 double, but the 8 the eight final is before the 15. So, it's going to be interesting to see him mix up, mix it up again once with Bryce Hoffel and Dobbin Brazier. And for him to definitely be healthy, that's going to be interesting as well. But then, even besides that, we have also so many other young stars in 800 right now that can really mix it up with these guys if, they're, if they have a great race or really can challenge them to be honest like a Brandon Miller who I've been watching since my club days I remember seeing him run he's two years younger than me but I remember seeing him run like the race before me at Junior Olympics and this man absolutely dominated the competition he almost ran faster than me and I was two years older than him I was like dang bro I'm gonna have to really show up in my race so like Brandon Miller has really been that guy since he was younger and to see him pop off this year with that 144 he did end up second at NCAAs but he's also a guy that has been racing since he was young and knows even though he hasn't showed up at this stage yet when when the lights come on he also shows up and performs and puts himself in good position to win and you can't leave out Isaiah Jewett this is the second time to a national championship he won NCAAs this past weekend but we're gonna just have to see how we, cause he's gonna go out hard and, and be, he's gonna go out hard and really run to the front. But can he like, can he stay within himself that those last, those last 100 meters? He couldn't do that regionals. He did that NCAA's. So it's really gonna be exciting how that all really pans out. And there's a one person who hasn't really broke through yet that I want people to watch out for and be able to get to the final is Abraham Alvarado. I think he really has the potential to run something good. He doesn't have the PRs with everybody else, but I think he's going to be that breakthrough person to make through the final. And I didn't even speak of Isaiah Harris, because I know he's going to be in the competition. He's going to be there. It's just a matter of when Isaiah, when Isaiah Harris is really going to pop off. I, he really does have the ability to do it, but it's going to, it's going to, there's so many that, that it's so top heavy that it's going to be hard for him to get in. Aaron, you got something to say? You want yeah, to say something, Aaron? Like this event, too, is also like a changing of. The guard has basically already changed, but I feel like it's a change in the guard. Like, if you went back to, like, 2016, like, we'd be talking about, uh, like, Dwayne Solomon. We'd be talking about Simmons, like, Brandon Johnson. Like, the 800 is completely changed. Like, you know, Donovan Brazier and Bryce Hopple are, like, those are those are the two top, top dudes, along with, like, Clayton Murphy. And then everyone else who just named was in college, not to, like, yeah. I guess I mean you. You also mentioned um, Isaiah, but but you, you even even like Cameron Jones, bro, that from Cle out of Clemson ran one forty. Mm -hmm. Didn't make the final at he didn't make the final at NCAA's, which might have been to his advantage. But that dude like a second year running running the eight, and he's running one forty five. So like 
over the next I don't know if any of the college kids are gonna make it this year, but over the the next like championships, it's gonna be a completely different team, like than what we're used to. I was watching like Rio and stuff right. last night and it's just like the eight hundred is so different now, like right. that we have in it. I think if we were if we were to look at eight hundred from yeah. twenty if we're look, oh yeah, the Virginia World Champion uh, Razor. But if we're look at the uh, 800, like from 2016, I think the only returning people, like in the whole entire qualifying field, have to be like Eric Sawinski, uh, Brandon Kidder, Brandon Kidder, Drew Wendell, and Clayton Murphy. Those are like the only four people that are returning, like from 2016, that are really competing. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm super hyped for that. That one is the 21st at 5:30 West Coast time, so 8:30 here. Uh, we also have here the women's or 400-meter uh, hurdle, women's 400-meter hurdle. Oh, that's what I just threw in there because we already know Sydney McLaughlin versus Bill Muhammad. This is actually a big battle in our house between me and Aaron. I'm definitely Sid the kid because the kid, she's taking over the game. This is a, this is our Olympics to win, Aaron. Why are you making that face? Aaron, Sydney McLaughlin, she already, she, do you know what she opened up at, Aaron? Do you not realize what she opened up at? Like, let me get... <laughs> Dwayne Muhammad has been running the best this year, but we know she's going to show up. She's an Olympic champion. She's a former Olympic champion. She's also uh, she's also a world record holder. But let's not forget, bruh, Sydney McLaughlin is the second fastest person ever in this event, bruh. Like, this is going to be exciting. She opened up in 52-83, but then also even just with Shamir Little. Shamir Little has been dominant this year as well, but... It's all it's all gonna be it's gonna be Sid the Kid versus the Will Muhammad. That's what everybody show up to. It's a heavyweight fight. It's there. I'm, I'm excited for this race. He's Thank definitely you. going for Will Muhammad, but uh, Sid the Kid. Oh, a world champion too. Let's not forget about the world champion, Olympic yeah, champion, she got that. world record holder. And this can be again for for Sydney. Yes, this is a big for her career. But I think if Dalia Muhammad wins gold this year and breaks the world record again, she's the goat. She's the best. She's Edwin. She's Edwin Moses. If yeah. she's a double Olympic champion, world champion, she's going to. Well, I'll, I'll talk for him. I'll say what he's going to say. Because Sydney McLaughlin is going to win the race. And she's going she's gonna to take it over. This is her time. The conversation that we've always had is that I think now is Cindy McLaughlin's time to take over the throne. And I think that's going to happen here at the Olympics. But yes, yeah, so if Dewey Muhammad does get that double Olympic win, the only thing she needed last year was that world championship win, but to add on that Olympic championship is going to be something so much, so much more for her. But it's going to be interesting to see what she does because she hasn't really been on that course as we've been seeing in the last couple of years. But the, also, people to watch is going to be Anna Cockerell. She won the 400 meter hurdles, and she also won the 100 meter hurdles last week at NCAA's. So if she's able to get into that mix, she can really throw off the tide in the 400 meter, the women's 400 meters hurdles race, definitely without a Corey Carter in the race as well. So like, there's there's definitely people hurt, and actually Spencer hasn't been running to her best. So it's going to be, it's going to definitely, the 400 meter hurdles is definitely a heavyweight fight with so much more, so much more in the event and so much many more underdogs, to be honest. Yeah, let's I, see, like, let's uh, see. I like what Jameson's saying down there, world record event potentially right there in the trials happening between those two. Aaron, we got you back. We got we got more Sid the Kid talk time there. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I think Joshua Joshua probably covered it. But basically, all I'll say about this is: Dalia Muhammad wins, and this Olympic, 
and then we see her at the world championship do it again that's history being made so i'm excited to just see her greatness grace the hurdles um and yeah i mean that could be the story of sydney's career is like she couldn't beat this uh she couldn't beat the the goat delia muhammad so there's two ways you could really look at it so i'm excited to see what happens it's gonna be good this for trash either way this is Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Is that what you're saying? I mean, she's not as old as old as him, but it's more <laughs> like I don't know. She's she's a I guess maybe Sydney's KD right now, and and like Delia's Delia's LeBron a couple years ago. Oh, I thought you were about to say. Oh, I thought you were about to say like uh, Sydney. I thought you were about to say Sydney's Giannis and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> What's it? Still, Muhammad's KD. I'm like, don't compare Sydney to Giannis like that. Sydney's much better than Giannis. I'm sorry, Giannis got Giannis got no bag. Uh, yeah, no, he can't even. He can't take his team to the finals. So, <laughs> I like that. And the other thing about Edwin Moses is, I mean, that guy went to so many Olympics. He, he's like, I don't remember how many, but he spanned. I mean, he was he was old when I was when I was like just coming up as a fan, and I think he made it to another game. You know, like, it might be four Olympics. I can't remember did, off the top of my head, but um, did he not lose like for eight years? Was it eight years, six years? Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool guys, I am so appreciative of, of your time, your knowledge, your energy. Any any other athletes you want to shout out before we sign off here? Oh, one one athlete I want to shout out is Avi Hamid Nur in the same case tonight. I'll be having there in the tank kit tonight because he was he was our first podcast guest and he definitely someone to watch in this race. I'm telling if he if he's in the mix last hundred, I'm definitely gonna be up I'm gonna be up staring at the TV on my feet. But then also in that race as well, I got I'm, I'm putting in like all my all my poker chips on Grant Fisher to win the five k ten k double. I think this is his time. I think this is his, I think I really I don't know Grant Fisher personally, but I just feel like. He's ran so good. We saw him run at Sound Running, and he's he's ran so good in the 5K and the 10K this year. And I think uh, seeing Justin Justin Knight run that 12:51 in the 5K and him being somebody that he raced in college, I think even though he was probably already thinking like I gotta I gotta get to this place, I gotta get there, I get there. He's training with someone like Mo and Matt every single day. I think right now he's all like, yes, it's it's, it's our time right now. It's our class. We gotta take over this year. And Jacobs running 12:48 like. Alright, it's my time to be in the Olympics too and get in that mix. So look out for Grant Fisher. I think he's gonna do great things this this Olympic trials. I'm betting on that. I'm betting on that. Hey, I also wanna say we can't we can't end this without talking about, you know, the Queen Allison Felix in the four hundred. Um, I think she has a real shot of making the team. Looking, you know, you got Kendall Ellis in there, you got Courtney Akolo, but like a lot of those women haven't really raced much raced much this year. And I feel like that event is kind of wide open. So I'm excited to see how she matches up with them. If she can make another Olympic team, that's insane. I think it's her first Olympic team was like 2004, I think. So, yeah. like, that would be wild if she could just wait, make this will be your fifth? This will be your fifth Olympics? Wait, wait. Four, eight, 12, six. Your fifth Olympics? Dang, yeah, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm super excited. That's crazy. Um, and also, I'm just give another shout out to Hobbs Kessler, the high schooler. I mean, I the more I think about Nick's Will, Nick Willis picks, is picking him. Of course, that's his teammate. 
But like, I I do think that Nick Willis, he trains with pros every day. Um, we've seen over the past couple of years in other countries, so many teenagers being at that world stage level. So I really do think like he, yes, is his teammate, but I think he knows something. I think he knows that this dude, this 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 kid can run faster, especially especially I feel like as when you're like a coach or a, a older athlete and you're seeing like a high schooler, like someone younger running, you could tell like when they give like their best effort in everything. So he didn't see that in that 334 race. So he knows that this guy can run faster. Nick Willis, and he has a great coach around him. So if he's just telling him how to get through the rounds and how to race, and this guy's really listening, bro, like, I think he really has a shot to make the team, man. So that's my dark horse, you know, the team. Your dark horse. All right. I love it, guys. There's a lot of uh, changing of...